Hello world, welcome to the second episode of our daily show and I welcome Amy who will be hosting with me. Hello Amy, how are you doing today? Hi Laurent, I'm good thank you, good thank you, excited for today's show. Um, great episode yesterday though, so a little bit of pressure. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, so Jason and Anthony did a great job yesterday and uh, but we are up to the task I believe. Today we have really an awesome agenda, we are going to talk to uh, Aaron Wieslang about uh, Dapper and that will be our OSS Spotlight segment. Uh, we will also have Burke Holland who is always a hoot and we will talk here about TikTok, Code Talk Talk. And uh, because, yes, there is some code on uh, TikTok, and we'll see that with Burke. And then later, we'll have uh, an exciting interactive segment uh, with Jeremiah Dooley. We are going to do an audience challenge, so stay tuned for that. But first of all, uh, let's go into the news. So what do, we have, uh, what do you have for us, Amy? We have some fabulous headlines for today. So um, first up, obviously, Laurent, what's happening next week? It's Microsoft Ignite. Indeed. No, it's not September. It's the spring, but we're going to have a Microsoft Ignite in the spring. So next Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, so March 2nd through 4th, uh, we are going to have another Microsoft Ignite where our amazing teams here at Microsoft are going to talk about the latest and greatest of what we're doing. Um, first call to action, right, is go register. So go to aka.ms slash register for Ignite today. Nice, easy one. Register for Ignite today. Go go to the link that tells you what to do. Um, so that's probably a great one for you. Um, today, we have just released the actual schedule uh, and the schedule builder. So if you go register right now, you can start to tailor your experience for Microsoft Ignite. And Laurent, we know we are all... Um, ruled by our calendars, right? So uh, I definitely, definitely need the calendar downloads that they're doing as well. So uh, straight away after the show, I'm going to go and do that. That's so true. And I remember, you know, trying to planify the uh, the schedule and having five sessions on the same time slot and then <laughs> deciding at the last moment which one I wanted to take. So another exciting thing this week is that uh, there is a .NET Conf focus event. So what is .NET Conf focus? You all know .NET Conf, it is a big conference organized by the community for the community, which takes place normally when a new version of .NET is released, which is typically in November. But now they have those focus events, which is, um, uh, you know, a, a conference, a one-day conference, which is really focusing on one topic. And today, uh, or rather Thursday uh, this week, sorry, on the 25th, uh, it will be focused on Windows development. So that's exciting, uh, especially now with .NET 5, things are changing and maybe people want to upgrade uh, from, for example, Wind Windows Forms, WPF application to .NET 5. So we will have a focus on that. Also see some tooling improvements in Visual Studio, how to use cloud services from your apps and a whole lot more. So that will be really interesting. And finally, they will also give you a glimpse into the future of .NET development with .NET 6. So take a look at focus.netconf.net and uh, you will be able to follow this event. This is on Thursday, the 25th this week. Nice one. That, that link was a little bit of a mouthful. So what we do need to say is everything is available in our show notes at aka.ms slash hello world. So anything that we're sharing here, go to aka.ms slash hello world. Um, Laurent, have I got another minute? Can I, can I throw something in that I'm quite excited about? 
I would love this because I know what you're going to say and I'm very excited about it too. <laughs> Fabulous. So in the last minute or so, I'd love to just very quickly talk to you about some of the um, new announcements that we shared very recently around responsible AI here at mm -hmm. Microsoft. Um, so back in May, oh my goodness, seems so long away, it was actually nearly a year ago, uh, we released the responsible AI toolkits that are available right. um, on our, our platform and also heavily integrated into our Azure machine learning products. However, all of these are actually open source capabilities. And so we are always extending them. So recently we produced an amazing blog post that talks a little bit about the two new um, things that we've added. So one of them is called error analysis. Um, if you are a data scientist, you're gonna know that actually the sort of general accuracy uh, that we that we measure is is obviously aggregated across all classes or all elements in your model. And actually, there's much more going on in there that you need to kind of know about. And so error analysis is going to save you loads of time to be able to look into this kind of stuff. And then the other one is on smart noise. So smart noise was released previously, but they've actually added some extra pieces that are all around new synthetic data capabilities. It's a huge ask within the um, the community and so it's really really exciting to see that there that's really cool and uh, i i'm really seeing that uh, you know ethical ai responsible ai is super important so definitely something that people want to check out and again like uh, amy mentioned already you can find all those links in our show notes as well as uh, very soon after the show, you will have also the possibility to rewatch if you missed something. And this is all at aka.ms slash hello world. Very simple. So, Amy, up next, we are going to talk to Aaron Wiesling about Dapper. So I'm welcoming Aaron Wiesling. Aaron, hello, Aaron. You're a cloud advocate in our developer relations team, and you work in the open source engineering team. And I think the very, very first question that I'm going to ask is, well, you know, what is Dapper? Fantastic. Hi, Laurent. So Dapper is an open source project, and it's a runtime which helps you build cloud native applications, particularly distributed cloud native applications. Mm. So it enables you to use any language, any cloud, and it provides building blocks via components that provide services for your application like persistence, service-to-service -service communication, logging, and all sorts of other things which enable you to build cloud-native applications faster. And it was released at uh, Ignite uh, two Ignites ago, two years ago. Uh, Mike Rosinovich uh, talked about it on stage. Mm -hmm. It's since become a very popular open source project. It has over 10,000 stars on GitHub, and oh, wow. it's a small service which just sits next to your application and provides all of this functionality via an API, which can be used via SDKs and a handful of different languages, as well as a REST API. So it's a very powerful tool for unlocking that cloud-native development experience. Well, that sounds really interesting. And, and it sounds like it simplifies a lot of tasks that we always repeat all the time when we do, uh, you know, when we do cloud services. So this is great. And you mentioned that uh, version 1.0 was released last week. Uh, which is really a big deal. So uh, what does it mean for the project going forward? So 
Yeah, so last week, after two years of many very careful development in the community, uh, it went V1. So what this means is that it is effectively ready for prime time. It's stable. There are a lot of people using it in production before. We have customers like Zeiss and others who have great case studies and things where they talk about how they use Dapper. Um, but this means that it's ready for use in many different scenarios. And it also, it's a signal to the community uh, to the, of the maturity of the project as it stands today. Mm -hmm, absolutely. And uh, usually V1 is when many firms decide that they can actually start using the project. So it's a very symbolic milestone, right? Yes. It's a bit, uh, like, the, a bit like the old days when you remember Windows and other Microsoft platforms who talk about wait for service pack one, but sort of V1 is the big milestone today. Absolutely. No, this is really cool. So I understand a little bit better what Dapper does, but uh, can you maybe uh, give me a concrete example, like uh, who would use Dapper and a concrete example of how I would use it, when shouldn't I use it, etc. Yeah. So if you're a developer and you're building microservices, which utilize uh, different services and different clouds, for example, if you're building something with Redis caches and blob storage and all of these things, and you want your application to be portable, that's when you would reach for something like Dapper. So Dapper provides this abstraction that enables you to consume these services in a uh, cloud neutral way and in a language neutral way. So anytime you're using multiple languages, perhaps you've got different microservices written in different languages, um, and then you are maybe using different clouds. Maybe you have on-premises, Azure cloud, you have a local development experience, you want to have parity with the cloud. It's very powerful in those scenarios. If you have, maybe when you wouldn't use it, might be if you have a very simple application that today might be, uh, you know, not leveraging a lot of different services. Maybe it's small and monolithic. It's usually as the application grows that it would use something like Dapper. Hmm, that's actually a very good point because uh, you know we don't want to overcomplicate things. But it's really nice that we can add that to an existing application so that if the application grows, then will be uh, will be really good. So it sounds all very interesting. Uh, how can I get started with Dapper if I wanted to check version 1.0? Where do I go? Well, the Dapper website is dapper.io, and you can also find it on uh, Dapper uh, github.com slash dapper slash dapper, which is the main project landing page. Uh, there is a great getting started experience. So you go to the homepage and you try getting started with Dapper, and that will show you how to install the CLI locally on your machine, how to do local development, and then how to bring in the different components that you might want to use. Uh, we have a URL where you can go to, which is aka.ms slash hello-dapper, which has mm -hmm. a lot of the different links, including the Discord, the GitHub, a wonderful diagram you can see here by uh, Nichir on my team, who's given a sort uh -huh. of a summary of some of the details of, of Dapper, uh, and it's, it's really fantastic. And there's also a lot of other things like links, uh, details around the announcement and that sort of thing. All right, that's really cool and really great art by Nitya here, and uh, we all love her, uh, her sketch notes, right? So this yes. is really cool. This mm. one is fantastic. It's one of the best. Well, that's awesome. Uh, Aaron, I'm going to really look forward to talk to you again um, next time on the show. The OSS Spotlight is a recurring segment, so we'll see you again uh, on the show later. Thank you so much for introducing Dapper to us, and uh, we will go back to Amy for the next segment, uh, which is going to be Code Talk Talk. Back to you, Amy. Thanks so much, Laurent. Oh, that was a that was a really, really good one. Um, just a little shout out. So what do we keep saying? AKA.ms slash hello world. That's where you can go and find all the details uh, that you were just talking about, Dapper. That's all on there. Um, but also um talk with us in the chat as well. We're actually we've got um the amazing Wendy behind the scenes, and she is posting all of these great links on our public chat. So just next to this screen. I think it's this side. Um and so the and I do, sure I go do there. See 
I do see a note from Wyatt Canuck, and I know that guy. I think he was yesterday on the show. He says, hello, world from snowy Ottawa. So really, uh, people, you know, don't hesitate to say hi. I see also Lisa, who's our uh, fabulous, uh, you know, admin, and she's in Redmond. And I see Arthur, who is in Sammamish, Washington. So I see really a lot of people. Uh, Frank is in Montreal, Canada. A lot of Canadian today, I think. Mm -hmm. This is really cool. Yeah. Uh, Mel is looking forward to quiet hours. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so uh, don't hesitate to say hi, and uh, now we can uh, go to Code Talk Talk. Of course. So uh, really, really excited for this next segment. Hashtag Code Talk Talk. Uh, you're going to love this. Hello, fellow kids, and welcome to Code Talk Talk. Code Talk Talk. Talk, talk. You get the idea. Anyway, this week and every week, we'll do a show where we wrap up all of the tips and tricks and triviality on TikTok. Yeah, that's right. I said TikTok. TikTok's a great place for laughing and learning and losing two hours of your life. Uh, but a lot of us at Microsoft love TikTok, and we've taken to it to post tips on VS Code and .NET and Office, all sorts of different things. Uh, and so for that, actually, this week, the VS Code team is now live on TikTok with their very own channel, Roll a Video. Hey, welcome to Code Talk. If you like coding, or if you're interested in learning how to code, you've come to the right place. My name is Sana, and I'm a program manager at Microsoft. Hey folks, my name is Burke, and I work as a developer advocate at Microsoft working on VS Code. And welcome to Code Talk. Hey everyone, I'm Ornella from the VS Code team. Hi, I'm Bridget. I'm a PM on the VS Code team. If you're interested in programming tips or talking about different tech concepts, we got you. If you want to go through some tutorials, we got you. If you want to learn about tech careers, we got We're you. We're also going to show you just how to get started with coding in general and general programming tips and tricks and even how to get started in the industry. I can't wait to help you get started with using our docs to learn to code. I know that coding can seem intimidating and hard, but it's not bad, it's fun. You just need someone to kind of show you how to get started. And I hope that we can do that. So welcome. So welcome to Code Talk. I'm glad you're here. We can't wait to get started on Code Talk with you all. Awesome. So that's an example. Welcome VS Code to TikTok. Uh, also, we have a special guest today. I forgot to say Scott Hanselman is here, which is exciting. Is he here? He's waiting? Okay, we're gonna get right to him. Next up though, how to be a fire coder. Roll that video. Yo. Do you want to be a fire coder? Check this. Power mode on. All right, to get that, go to the extensions marketplace, search for power mode, open up your settings.json, enable it, and then you can choose from a bunch of presets. That's it. That's called power mode. Now, should also point out that power mode does explosions, it does magical dust. It does uh, email arrival start sounds. That was my computer. Someone had asked that, why am I wearing a sport coat? Because when you get your own show, you wear a sport coat. It's just what you do. And you make note cards. I don't make the rules. I just follow them. Uh, also, you can upload your own videos to TikTok, of course. But if you hashtag them with code talk, uh, then possibly we'll feature your video here as well. So check that out. We'd love to see you on code talk. All right. Now. Our third video of the day is about multiple cursors. Now, you thought that you needed multiple brains to use multiple cursors. At least I did. 
But that's actually not true. And in fact, in our next video, our friend Matt from the VS Code team is going to show you how to use multiple cursors in VS Code in less than about 15 seconds to turn an object uh, literal into something else. I forget what's in the video. Go ahead and roll it. Let's use VS Code's multi-cursor support to clean up this JavaScript object literal to use property shorthands instead. Now to start with, I'm going to create cursors on all the lines I want to edit. So I'm going to go and select the colon on the first line here, then use the add cursor command. So command D or control D a couple of times, create cursors on all the lines I want to edit. I'm going to go left once and then use the delete all to right command. So control K here. Now I just need to add a comma. So I'll do a comma and we're all set. That's pretty awesome. Did you catch that? It was really fast. Yeah, so again, go to TikTok, uh, look for the code talk hashtag and listen, I'll be the first to admit that I don't understand exactly how uh, TikTok's algorithms work, so I can't promise you what you're gonna get. But if you follow the VS Code account and you follow the Code Talk hashtag, that should at least get you uh, into the feed for the videos. We should all point, also point out that our friends from MakeCode are there, as well as uh, our friend Mike, who does a lot of office and productivity-related videos, so it's pretty awesome. But with that, what we wanna do now is get to our special guest, Scott Hanselman, uh, this fellow needs no introduction. Uh, he's got quite a few followers on TikTok already. He's already there. You should check him out on TikTok. Uh, and so with that, what we'd like to do is just get directly to our, our special guest of the day. I'm so sorry, Burke. We we actually don't have the time today. Oh. We're, we're really on a tight clock. Um, okay, we, well, yeah. apologies to Scott. We'll have him back on next week. Be here for Code Talk Talk. In the meantime, follow us at aka.ms slash Code Talk. See ya. Thank you so much, Burke. That was uh, a treat. And again, oh, Laurent, what a nightmare. Like, we, we didn't have the time. I'm sure that Scott Henselman will understand. And, you know, he's a real pro, so we will see him next time. I'm, I'm pretty sure. Um, it, it was very exciting. And I love to see those small, you know, bites of, of knowledge, right? This is really a new way to share knowledge. This is really cool. Um, we, we do have a, an exciting next segment because it's an interactive segment. And uh, today we are going to see what Jeremiah has in store for us. Hey, Laurent, and welcome everyone to the first episode of the Learn TV Hello World Challenge. My name's Jeremiah, and before we get started, seeing how this is kind of our first episode, I wanted to take a quick minute and talk about kind of what we hope to accomplish here. Let's face it, even as an employee, Azure is huge, and there's so many different services and so much interesting tech to be able to work with, and sometimes it's easy to lose track of things. So the goal here is to bring some focus on cool tech or cool uh, products that we have inside Azure by using you, the viewers, as part of the show. So every Tuesday, we'll introduce a topic and then we'll pose a challenge that you get to participate in on social media by using the Hello World hashtag, uh, the Hello World Challenge hashtag. We'll give you 24 hours to respond to the challenge. And then on Wednesday, we'll come back and we'll do another live show where we'll share the best of the answers that we get. We'll share some resources after that to help you get started with that technology inside Azure, knowing that if you've got a good story or if you're interested in participating in that challenge, then you're probably going to be interested in some of the stuff that we're showing off. So 
a little bit of um, audience interaction. I want you to get involved. I want you to find out uh, which of these to these topics are interesting to you. And I want you to be able to share those with the show so that the show can share them with all of you. This week, we're going to start off with something we get asked about all the time, and that's going to be security. That point where your app or your network or anything it is that you're working on intersects with any other untrusted network is a really interesting place for me. How we as folks in tech protect those networks and how the technology involved has moved into the cloud is part of the industry that is both fascinating and sometimes pretty frustrating. You know, the earliest firewalls that we had and used, just the, the black box appliances, all they really did was filter packets. We could say this source destination on this port can get to this place and nothing else. And that was pretty much it. Over time, those appliances became more advanced. And now we've got things that can redirect incoming traffic from one port to another. We've got security appliances that can actually integrate directly into the application that you're building. We heard a little bit uh, earlier in the last show about the Azure front door and some of the services that we have that operate uh, in a full global environment. And so what we wanted to do was really be able to look at kind of that industry-wide move towards splitting the hardware and software apart. Appliances are obviously still available. And for many folks who are still working in enterprise uh, environments, that's the default way that we put those things in place. But today, we really see firewalls of all shapes and sizes. Some of them still doing basic packet filtering, many of them doing much, much more than that. And those types of uh, functionality, that type of functionality is available in lots of different products inside Azure. So a quick story. I used to work for a co-location company, and part of that was managing the infrastructure for lots of different organizations. One of those companies, no names, owned and operated a bunch of amusement parks around the country and also designed and ran the websites for those parks. It was, let's just say, not the most advanced web design, and there may very well have been a recurring task to reboot the Cold Fusion server on a regular basis because, well, it was Cold Fusion. So one day, I got a set of uh, requests from the customer to set to add a set of rules to their firewall. They gave me a range of IP addresses. They wanted to have any HTTP requests routed to a specific web server. I put everything in place customer tested them, everything was good to go. Come to find out the production website had gotten so bad and unresponsive that the web development team put these rules in place to specifically route internal traffic to, the, uh, to a, a separate web server that wasn't in production simply so they could get a better idea um, or give a better experience to the executives that were going to be working on that. They put in custom DNS references, they did everything. Obviously that didn't last very long and neither did the web developers, uh, but the firm that came in and redesigned everything did a really great job and were very amused with this story. So here's my question to all of you out there. What's the absolute craziest thing you've ever seen involving a firewall config? Maybe it was a crazy rule. Maybe it was something shady with a web blocking platform. Maybe it was an interesting hack in order to be able to get something to work. But anybody who's worked on firewalls has one of those stories, and we want to hear yours. Share it in any form you want on any social media platform. 
Twitter's probably the easiest and make sure you include that hashtag hello world challenge and we'll spend the next day gathering them up and laughing, maybe crying just a little bit along with you. Tomorrow, right here on air, we'll come back to the audience challenge and we'll share the best of them and we'll give everyone some resources on different ways, different technologies inside Azure that you can use to protect those networks, both from an infrastructure as a service standpoint, as well as some app focused and cloud native options. I can't, I can't wait to see what you share. And I'm really excited to kick off the first of the Hello World challenges here on Learn TV. That is so exciting, Jeremiah. Thank you so much for those. I'm a little bit worried because you said that, you know, that didn't last and the web developers didn't last. So what happened to them? Like, where they, I don't know, like, I'm a little well, bit worried here. I, I, I get the sense that when you blatantly lie to the executives and direct them to a completely separate website simply so they don't see the experience that your customers are getting, that that's not going to last for very long once people find out. So uh, I'm sure they were all great people and found new jobs, but they certainly weren't going to work there anymore. Well, this is really cool. So, Jeremiah, just to be clear, people can join us again on the Hello World show tomorrow, and then we'll see what uh, they found out. So, right very exciting challenge here. Excellent. Thanks, Laurent. Thank you so much, Jeremiah. So, we will go back um, to uh, see Amy again. Hello, Amy. So, what did you think? That's an interesting story, right? I was going to say, oh my goodness, I'm sitting there like, Jeremiah, no way did this actually happen. But um, excited to hear what our audience has got for us. Myself and Dean will be back tomorrow. Huh? Um, so really excited to go through what we found uh, with Jeremiah. That's really cool. So Amy, did you know that you and I have a fan? I, I think we can call him a super fan because I'm checking the chat right now and I see somebody, a certain Isaac L., who sounds oh, familiar, yeah. <laughs> says that Lowe and Amy are the best. I love it. You know, this is really cool. So again, to the audience, right, feel free to say hi. This is a daily show. So we are really going to see you every day from Monday to Friday, always at the same time, uh, unless, you know, there is a big event like Ignite next week. Okay, we have some things going on. But really, uh, this is super exciting. What do, what do you think, Amy, right? This is really cool. It is, it is. So um, to cover what we covered in the headlines, right? Mm -hmm. We only have a few moments left with everyone. So I definitely want to say, go and register for Ignite. Ignite is next week, March 2nd through 4th. So that's, that's probably your Tuesday through Thursday. Um, and if you go to myignite.microsoft.com, you can go and register. Um, mm -hmm. So definitely, definitely go and do that. But as we said, everything is at well, there it is at the bottom, lovelymyignite.microsoft.com or mm -hmm. go to aka.ms slash hello world. Yeah, absolutely. And the .NET Conf Focus on Thursday, also an exciting event. Uh, if you go to focus.netconf.net, all right, a lot of dots and a lot of nets, but you got it. And again, if you go to aka.ms slash hello world, you will find everything. And finally, the audience challenge. Don't forget about it. Just uh, use the hashtag, hashtag Hello World Challenge, and then we will be able to see uh, everything and to get you on the show uh, tomorrow and to talk to you uh, and to see your experiences and to see what is going on, right? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, so I'll be back tomorrow. So that's exciting. This has been um, such a good episode. Um, but as we said, the audience challenge, it really, really needs to have you interacting. So please go to at Learn TV hashtag 
Hello World Live um, and the Hello World Challenge and get mm -hmm. get all your you know incredible stories. I'm going to have a lot of fun tomorrow morning my time. So I'm I'm in the UK, so I get the whole day before the show happens to uh, be looking at what everyone's saying. So uh, please do send them. That's really cool. And you and I are almost in the same time zone since I'm in Zurich, Switzerland. It's a very distributed team, and we had a lot of fun today sitting down and preparing this show. Hopefully the audience appreciated the show. Hopefully they liked seeing what we have in store. Uh, we will be back tomorrow for another episode. Same time, 10.30 Pacific time, which is 7.30 p.m. CET. It's 6.30 p.m. in London, right, Amy? Yeah. So check out, the, uh, check out the Hello World page for all the times and everything. Uh, it was really a blast. So, you know, to all the audience, thank you so much for watching. Uh, we will see you again next time. And this was the Hello World Show. Thank you so much.